0: What's up you guys, Sean Ross Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It is November 20th and this is the Wednesday Night War Podcast, reviewing AEW Dynamite and NXT. This is a big week for us. A reminder, Raw, SmackDown, of course you're watching the post-NXT and post-AEW reviews. But we have our weekly news show, The List and Ya Boy, as well. And we have big post shows this weekend, NXT TakeOver and Survivor Series. I will be here for Survivor Series. But the two men to my right will be anchoring the NXT TakeOver show. And some of you might say, well, why is that? Why is that? I'll be on a call with uh, Triple H almost immediately following NXT TakeOver. I was on one this morning as well. So no shortage of audio content for you here at Fightful.com. But maybe you want more. And if you do, go to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way to support us. We'll tell you more about that later. But right now, I'd like to tell you about one Alex Pawlowski, who who is featured heavily on that service. Alex, how you doing?
2: Uh, I'm 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 doing fantastic after that uh, episode of NXT. I I was dipping back and forth uh, with with AEW, but not as much as I usually do because this was this was a this is this is how you run an invasion angle going to Survivor Series. Take note, runners of uh, Raw and SmackDown.
0: We're also joined by Mister Warren Hayes. Of course, he has his own YouTube channel. Uh, you can check out a lot of his content by going to his Twitter at Mister Warren Hayes. Warren, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic.
3: Yeah, I was on the AEW beat tonight, uh, and it was uh, on the contrary. It was difficult to not watch what was going on on NXT yeah. tonight. It was it was hard, but I managed, guys. I'll be able I'll be able to fully talk about AEW Dynamite. Don't worry about it. But whoo, I can't wait to catch the NXT replay. I'm not uh, not messing with you.
0: Well, we've got a Super Chat already. A reminder, guys, if you want your question or statement read on the air, we will uh, read those if you donate a Super Chat live here at YouTube.com. Uh, we have been posting our shows this week on our Facebook uh, page as well, so check that out. But Young Bibby says, When will the Women's and Men's Survivor Series teams be announced? Also nice to see Carmella lead her team in NXT. She got a good pop from the crowd. Uh, well, Alex, I was happy to see the reactions for a lot of people here. There were some that they got kind of underwhelming responses, but I don't know. And we're going to make predictions tonight blind on some of these teams.
2: Blind, yeah. Um, but no, this is this is uh, very interesting. I mean, they're keeping a lot of things close to the vest, which which honestly has me worried. Like I said this <laughs> to Warren, I was like, this this feels like it's like, oh, uh, team edicts. I know he said he doesn't want to be a part of it, but it's just like they're hiding it from us in a way that makes me feel like it's gonna be Triple H and Shawn Michaels and uh, you know Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and Kona Reeves. It's gonna be like the craziest NXT Survivor Series team I ever.
0: Uh, I actually had Chris Michaels, who was an independent wrestler, longtime independent wrestler, who's appeared on TNA, WWF, WCW. Of all people, he when he guest coached at the Performance Center, he put over Kona Reeves big. And I gotta tell you something. <laughs> looking at him physically, I was like, damn, that dude's gotten himself in some shape lately. Sure. Sure. And uh he looked at him and he was like, "Yeah, he can make other people look really really good." And I was like, "Well, that's a quality that's going to come in very handy with uh <laughs> the crop of uh talent that they have right now. When you see 300 pounders doing dives over yep. the top rope." Yep. But let's go ahead and talk about NXT. That that was the big show. Uh, yep. I can go ahead and tell you now that's probably going to get a clean sweep for our picks at the end of this, but <laughs> a big show, a go home show. And Alex Warren, uh, I'll just say Warren, this was a go-home show that felt like a go-home show for NXT. I mean, it, it,
3: this is how all go-home shows, this is the template moving forward, guys. This is what we need to see from Raw SmackDown for every pay-per-view moving forward. This was fantastic. It was exciting. It had surprises. I I tweeted this out earlier today. I think that this is the most exciting Survivor Series season that we've had in a long time. This has been really, really good, and it culminated on NXT. I, I mean, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to skin the bear before uh, before killing it, but uh, I don't see how SmackDown That's is going to top this. graphic. It's actually – it's, it's a French-Canadian it's a French expression that I just well, translated simultaneously into English. I, well, I I'd just want to tell you. No, hang on. I'd appreciate some props here for my live uh, translation skills right well, now. Okay, I, I want to know this. Bears roaming the streets of Montreal there, Ron.
0: And, and, Alex, <laughs> don't say anything. Warren, say you're about to fight a bear. How will mm-hmm. you prepare for that? What stance will you go into it? Better yet – what stance will the bear take? Do you know what hand a bear favors?
3: Yeah, listen, right now, I, I think we're going into some kind of
2: territory. They're Southpaws. Up. They're, They're almost
0: all Southpaws. And me and Alex know that, and you don't. That's yep, right. DJ Cass says, Did you have a feeling that if NXT wins the rating war over AEW, Vince would look at this and be like main roster guys? Yeah. Alex, I do think he would credit the main roster guys. And yeah. here's the thing. Maybe appropriately so, because of, oh. of the, the the buzz that they create.
2: Well, yes, I think everybody's tuning in to because because of what Triple H says at the end of Raw. He says, "Everybody, if you want to show up, show up. Let's let's do this." Um, so everyone's assuming they're going to see a lot a lot of run ins and crazy stuff. What we got to start the show off with was Becky Lynch in the middle of a full sale ring, which she's the face of the company now, one of the biggest draws. So that's going to immediately pull people over to see what's going on. Everything else after that was kind of haphazard and, and and done in the absolute best way possible, but it wasn't like you had Roman Reigns out there parading around doing promos. So like it we, was th- – these are guys who were there to do the running, and that's it.
0: The funny thing is when they showed Becky's graphic before NXT, she got booed, and then she came out. <laughs> and yeah. Fickle. Fickle. And yeah, I, Warren, I would agree with you. The most exciting survivor series period in a while. I would say outside of that maybe 24 hour period of uncertainty of the Becky Lynch situation last year. Other than that, I think it yep. was, it's been like the most exciting we've had in a long time. And that's even with a lot of this not quite making sense, but Becky wants a fight. She says, she brings up the fans singing her music and her sitting in the corner dejected and Rhea Ripley shows up. And here's the thing. I, it was good. It was awesome. I kind of think it should have been saved, Alex. Like this, it, this to me, when I think of who is the perfect number five to those four anchors on the main roster, I'm like, if I got to pick anybody, even above Shayna Baszler, all due respect to her, it's Rhea Ripley because she is nothing like the four no. that no. are up there.
2: Well, I think that they're doing this as a, as a, for me, it feels like this is a tease. Like, what's happening, what happened tonight in Full Sail is chapter one. And I don't know how many chapters happened between now and then, but one of the chapters should be in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida at WrestleMania. They, they, like, they, they uh, never do, many... like,
0: they never do first-time-evers anymore, though, like, yeah, for paper big pay-per-view shows.
2: That's true. Um, I mean, I guess the whole thing is that because the match was booked the way it was, and both were protected... Like you, you have you have this this needs there needs to be a resolution to what to what happened tonight, and that maybe we'll see down the line. Uh, I've Rowan Warren and I have the same opinion. Rhea Ripley should win the Royal Wumble and challenge Becky Lynch. It's perfect. It's yeah. a perfect way of of building new stars because that's what you should be doing. You should be building new stars, and she's so charismatic and so. Fun to watch in the ring. She's got such a great intensity to her. She'd be a megastar between between the Royal Rumble and April. Easy.
0: Another another non finish. We've gotten a lot of those this week. Uh, Michael Morgan says NXT's broadcast would benefit from a bigger venue. Thank you for the super chat. I disagree. I think if uh, maybe maybe a little bit bigger, maybe like hundred hundred and fifty. Sure. Uh, I think it could benefit from being lit better, but. Warren, I think I think the the intimacy of full sale is charming. And let me tell you, it's even smaller in person than it looks on TV. It is real tiny in person. Yeah,
3: that's what I've that's that's what I've heard. And thank you for your for the super chat despite the fact that I completely disagree because we've talked about this previously on the show. Full sale is a character in the NXT universe and the setup. They know the people, they know they know the stars they They boo and they cheer for whoever they want. And uh, what the full-sale crowd brings to NXT is consistent. It's regular. It's something you can count on. And it does add to the excitement of the matches.
0: Yeah, I compare it to kind of like how the Seattle Seahawks had, what was it, the 12th man or whatever uh, on their defense or or with the crowd and all that years ago. Eloquent Mm -hmm. says, missed both shows. Wanted to show support. Keep it up, guys. Good riddance, Jim Cornette. (laughs) We... we, (laughs) Spoke about that at length on the list and your boy, and the video is isolated on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Go check that out, guys. Uh, the horsewoman attack, Becky and Rhea Ripley, run them off. Sure, I- I'm cool yeah. with that.
2: Yeah, I, I like that there's – there's there's uh, there you can do a little bit of mutual respect between Rhea and Ripley, Rhea Ripley and Becky. But I also love that Shayna doesn't run in. To help Rhea because Raw's invading. She runs in because she hates Becky. And also she hates Rhea because they have a match on Saturday. Like NXT is the one brand that has remembered that on all other days of the year, I hate all these people. Yeah. But I hate these people more because you're on my turf. But I still hate you. And Hannah, that's NXT's the only one who knows how to do that.
0: Hannah Moore, who is a Chicago bound for this weekend show, says front row tickets are full sale tonight. Ten dollars uh probably a pretty good indication that they don't need a bigger venue right hmm. after uh this Kona Reeves who I'd mentioned looked physically transformed like he that dude looked like he had been putting time in the gym comes out and I was like, okay, going to Reeves getting a match, and he ain't won one in a long time <laughs> in a long time, <laughs> and he gets attacked by ricochet <laughs> yep. uh, Matt riddle. Comes out to set up a match between the two as Riddle was Kona's original opponent. Uh, Matt Riddle and Ricochet, not strangers. They face each other in Evolve three years ago. Uh, some good action here. And then Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro pop up and both get beaten up. Matt pulls off like a bit of a banana split pin on Ricochet to get the win, which I really love. I love yeah. Matt pulling out these like amateur wrestling style pins that. that Quite frankly, you don't see in pro wrestling a lot. I really dug this. Um, yeah, and and like I said, I didn't have the qualm of the not being a first time ever type of thing, even though it is a bit of a special match. I, I thought this was good, Alex.
2: Yeah, this was this was great. This is exactly how your this was this was a great way to 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 do these run ins. Like, because it was it was special because also it felt like a lot of these run ins were. Hey, Full Sail! Remember this guy? Re- remember, remember this guy? These guys who were who were here as recently as a, you know a few months ago, but also like Cesaro had an incredible chapter of his career with a rivalry of, with Sami Zayn in that building. Shinsuke Nakamura, a champion for forever in that building. So it was kind of a cool thing of like Full Sail gets the chance to, like. Like, all these people showing up on, like, the finale of a of, a, of a TV series you watch for eight years and go, Hey, that guy! Oh, it's that guy, too! Yeah. Like, it was really cool energy from the crowd. And what I loved is they the main roster guys didn't come in and just automatically beat the NXT, you know, undercard guys. Like, it was, they're treated as
0: equal. You, you know what's cool, Warren? Like, they can refer back to stuff like this and how they were doing ECW reunion shows forever. They can do mm-hmm. NXT reunion shows if they want and have people wear their old gear, work with their old teams, do their old stuff. And they'll be good for that for like 10, 15 years because these are all – not all, but a lot of pretty young people. But they could run like, I don't know, glorious Bobby Roode against somebody like Ricochet who had had a bit of a run there and get some more mileage out of these people.
3: Well, and, and just look at—I uh, mean, you know—not not to go too far ahead in 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 the recap, but look at the reaction that Drew McIntyre got. You know, Drew McIntyre wasn't all that long in NXT, but his his stay there was memorable. See, that's the thing with full sail in the NXT crowd—they remember, they, they 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 know the history. And by God, if they were to do these NXT reunion shows, like you said, where you know old feuds get rekindled, old alliances, blah blah blah. Uh man, that'd be a fantastic way to get the rabid uh, fan fans back into it, and they could do this uh, a one night only pay per view, and it would sell like crazy, well, sell out, and do. And I'm sure it would do great numbers as well. It's a fantastic idea.
0: Matt Riddle and Ricochet get attacked uh, by Cesaro. Uh, afterwards, Finn Balor shows up, but Matt Riddle sends him backing as well. Then we get the match that, quite frankly, I might have been most excited for, uh, for the rest of the year, the revival versus the undisputed era, the undisputed era win. And Alex, this was everything we thought it would be.
1: They are who
2: we thought they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and they didn't let us off the hook. Like that was, that was so great. I was, it was, it was so, so, so good. Um, this meant, this meant uh, so much that we actually got a chance to see this, especially in this setting, in this venue, because a few years ago, when Revival was kicking ass in NXT, elsewhere, there was a team called Red Dragon that was kicking ass all over the world, and we thought, man, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we ever got to see those guys face off? Because, I mean, they might be the two best tag teams in the world, but probably not. And by the time Red Dragon showed up and became Undisputed Era... Revival was off on the main roster and we had never really got a chance to see them face off. And so now it felt like it was bragging rights from 2016 right now. And God, it was great. I mean, every, and, and what I, what was so interesting was that the revival showed up and I expected a hero's welcome, like a a huge response for them. And it was tepid. Like, it was like how quick you guys full sale forgets that these guys was, was what made tag team wrestling in NXT was the revival that did it. Their feuds with American Alpha and, and uh, a DIY, like, they made it. And so you don't get Undisputed Era without the revival. But by the end of the, uh, end of the match, like, my God, that place was tearing it apart, apart itself at the seams for, for, for all four guys, and they realized what a history-making match it was, and the ending could not have been better. So perfectly done.
0: Zach Connor sent a super chat and said, doubt it'll happen, but have the Revival go back to NXT to enter the Dusty Classic, have a rematch with Undisputed Era at TakeOver Tampa. I think that'd be a great idea. It would likely be the Revival's farewell based on everything right. that, I, that I've heard yeah. about them. And an appropriate farewell would it be? Uh, I think yeah. WWE would serve themselves a lot better to not job out people that are going to leave, build some goodwill. I mean, they didn't do it with John Moxley, so... uh I mean, they did do it to a certain degree, but they gave him a nice farewell. And, uh, yeah, th- this match was just unbelievable. Like, the thing I like about this was Undisputed Era was cutting off the ring on Revival, which I loved. Dash Wilder, Mr. No Flips, Just Fists, is doing Hurricane Ranas. <laughs> like, so, like, he had to bust it out. It wasn't yep. just doing it. Uh, Revival hit the shatter machine. Uh, but Kyle hits a diving knee, and oh, my God, that diving knee was awesome.
2: Uh, I I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson's kidneys are now, like, just jelly. It yes. Like, that was bad, man. Oh, Ooh, God, that hurt.
0: And you know Dawson's not going to take time off because he's probably like, they're not adding injury time to my deal. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> not doing that to true. me. Uh, this ruled so much ass. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yes. Yeah. Th- tag team wrestling is special. Tag team yeah. wrestling is different than a singles match. It is an attraction, Alex.
2: Yes. Uh, when, when the crowd started chanting, tag team wrestling. Yes. That was, I, I guarantee you, there was something inside Dash and Dawson. That welled up with a real, with a, with a sense of pride they would not have gotten with anything else. Chance to them or whatever. The fact that the, the crowd loved tag team wrestling because they said we're gonna make you love tag team wrestling, and they brought in all these guys to face the revival to 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 make sure that division continued after they left. But my my thing I was telling Warren uh, before we started was that like what an amazing way for the revival to leave the territory and put over the new guys yes. if that's what they're doing. Because it felt very old school, but like, but, but Dash not being able to get back in the ring, Dawson saying it's okay, I got this, and telling one last time to Fish and O'Reilly, you can kiss my ass. Oh. He gets hit with the, with, the, with the, and he goes on his back the way they used to do it. Like that's some old school shit. I loved it.
3: Again, like all due respect to the uh, to the the person who gave us the the super chat. It feels like I'm going after the super chats, but I'm not. But all due respect, you don't touch revival and undisputed era again this was, it was perfect
0: it was great it was great. this was
3: yeah. perfect the match was fantastic and it ended in the in the most perfect way possible there is no more story to be told here it's final it's great and undisputed era are probably despite the fact that the oc won it at the crown jubilee boop <laughs> they are the best tag team in
0: wwe right now I think the Revival are just the perfect mix of what makes a great tag team today. You get the just amazing fundamentals that they have. Like, are they going to do 450s? Probably not. Are they going to do, like, running power bombs? Maybe not. But they are good enough at everything they do. And sometimes they'll bust out a top rope splash or a suicide dive or a hurricane rana. They can do some of that stuff, too, and look good doing it. But then they hit that shatter machine, which is a next-level finishing move. And every single match they have has story. I can't remember a time they've had a match that's went over 10 minutes, and they didn't get the crowd into it. And does the crowd go in caring about these guys? I'm not convinced that they do. But they leave caring about these guys. And this This was just perfect.
3: I'm trying to remember there was... Like early, or early last year, there was a match, and maybe you guys can on Raw where the revival were. I can't remember who they were fighting, but the audience was dead on their feet for it because there had there hadn't been any build, but they just let the revival and and I I feel stupid for for forgetting who was the other team, but they just elevated. It. They got the audience into it. They were cheering. Everyone was on their feet at the end. And that that you're you're absolutely correct. That's what makes the 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 mark of a great tag team right there.
0: Rob Wilkins says, have seen Kona wrestle five or six times. He's good. Give revival matches like this more and they'll resign. <laughs> Shout out to Soul Train Jones. Yeah, check out the oral and audio history of Soul Train Jones. That's which is a on- pack. that's a packed super chat. Holy I don't know. Crap. He gets his money worth, money's yeah, worth. I, I forgot his on Listen Your to Boy Today. So Rob, I read it on the list goes on our fightful select show. Uh, I agree in regards to the revival. Everything I've heard is that they want the tag team division to matter. Not about title reigns. Not about all that. Michael Morgan says, Warren, stop attacking super chats. He paid for that. <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. I'm going to do what I – no, I'm sorry. It's fine. Joseph I'll, I'll Farley with a giant super chat says, using my Christmas bonus for work, for the swear jar, pee-pee, poo-poo, doo-doo, pee-pee, Go cats. Also, NXT with all the invasion was a total cluster, and I loved it. I had somebody reach out to me today and said this was their favorite episode of wrestling TV maybe ever. So, hey, man. Hey. See several Raw stars trying to get into the arena, but they're stopped by security, which is confusing to me because the doors were left open, Alex.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the 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 gate... To the Full Sail grounds, that was left open. Yeah. The door to the arena wasn't open. What yeah. do you think? He's nuts.
0: <laughs> Kaylee Ray defeated Dakota Kai. After the match, you have Bailey saying, "Hey, why aren't you in my match Sunday?" Uh, begs the question. What do you think of this, Alex?
2: Um. Uh, well, this is this is tough, tough, tough sledding for Dakota Kai. <laughs> yeah. Uh Losing a lot of matches at Full Sail, then she went uh, as part of the uh, the team that invaded. Raw or SmackDown, I forget which. Uh, and then there was a big like Eight Woman tag and she lost that too.
0: Then, then uh, there's the whole following undisputed era and the revival thing.
2: Not not great. Um <laughs> but I thought she, you know, she, she always looks good in defeat. She's very she's a very talented wrestler. And I, I think Kaylee Ray was there to show NXT domestic who this person is because she showed up uh last week and joined Team Baszler, and I, I could feel a lot of people going. Hey, I know I should know who that is, but I don't. Um, and yeah, the, the the truth of it is, is a, a, not a lot of people watch NXT UK, um, and it's it's just a, it's a different thing. So actually, being able to say to put her on TV here in the states, get her familiar with some people, I think that was that was a, an important thing to do.
0: Viking Raiders against the Forgotten Sons. Now I feel a lot of different ways about this match because this was a damn good match and one of the best the Forgotten Sons have ever had, period. However, this was a 20-plus-minute segment, a 13-minute match for guys in the Forgotten Sons who have had one win since May and were losing to Brizongo on the (laughs) reg. So I don't know how I feel about them going that long with Viking Raiders. Now, here's my thing. Sometimes, uh, for example, in MMA one of the best fighters in the world can get knocked out in a minute by some jobber and then the next time they go out and they have a 15 minute fight go all the way to the scorecard styles make fights i agree with that uh if the goal was to make the forgotten sons look very good that's a good thing if it was to continue whatever the viking raiders have done on the main roster that wasn't done well but the match was good in the ring but i thought for sh- i thought it was going to end before that first commercial alex
2: me too uh, at least that's what they've been doing with the Viking Raiders recently. So it was kind of interesting to see her, them get pushed by a team that doesn't win in NXT when they just roll through people on on uh, on Raw. The one thing I did like this is the thing that I that I that I've always I always wanted when they were when they did an NXT invasion, not this one for around Survivor Series, but if they ran an uh, a, an NXT invasion angle at any other time during the year. There are so many people who've, you know, quote-unquote, been brought up from NXT. And a lot of them recently. I don't see why the Viking Raiders have more allegiance to Raw since they've been on there for a couple of months, really, five, maybe five months, <laughs> as opposed to NXT, where they were like, they were champions in NXT this calendar year. Like, it's not like they've actually faced the Forgotten Sons in NXT and the Forgotten Sons are a new act. They haven't been around for several years, so it's a weird deal to him. Like that—that that NXT is like, ah, yeah, I'm I'm on Raw now, and screw NXT. Same thing with a Ricochet. Like I feel like Ricochet was was just here in April. So the other thing is that you have people on Raw who were on SmackDown like a month ago before the draft, and vice yes. versa. So the whole brand loyalty thing doesn't make a lot of sense unless, no. like, like if you're Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins says this is my show. I've been here from the beginning. Other people have been like, "Well, if we go back and forth. I don't really care." Oh, what color shirt am I wearing today? That's who I'm working, rooting mm. for.
3: That was uh, I was going to say the brand the brand supremacy thing only matters to Seth.
0: <laughs> He's the only yeah. guy that
3: matters. To
0: uh, I, I forgot to mention. Raw and SmackDown women come out uh, after the yes the Kaylee Ray match. Nikki Cross stands tall of all people. It's yeah. good to see her get a little more shine in this spot than she ever really did in NXT.
2: Yeah, and the and the uh, the crowd loves her. They they loved her in NXT. They they remember fondly the Nikki Cross. Who was a part of Sanity? They remember Sanity, so like it's a it's a kind of interesting thing to have her there. I also loved Kyrie Stain uh, coming out in her Raw T-shirt again. She feels like more an NXT person than, than a Raw person. Yeah, but she gets to hit her her uh, her her big elbow in full sail again. The crowd goes nuts for that. There was a there was a very mini sta- standoff
0: between her and EO. And I was like, ooh, I want some more of that. I find the Kyrie thing particularly stupid because she's women's tag champion. She's been on every show since the draft. Yep. All of them. Yep. My God. Also, I want to say Nikki Cross, outside of that weird several-month period where she was not used at all, her call-up has been effective and done really, really well. One of those rare situations where that is the case. Main event ladder match, I don't know that they needed to do ladder matches in back-to-back weeks. It, that seems weird to me.
2: Yeah, you didn't need it to be this stipulation. I, I understand them doing it for both War Games matches. The winner gets the advantage or whatever, but usually the advantage always goes to the heel team anyway, because that's the only way it kind of makes sense. So, it, it, you know, both heel teams won. Their their representatives won in back-to-back weeks. Okay. Um, I, I did like the Usually when you get uh, when you get matches like this, this this reminded me a lot of Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, because you had this the size difference there. You had Dijak being able to do stuff in the ring that I, that Ramon never could do. But but just the idea that he could sling um, Cole around. And I love Cole using his brain like like super kicking the back of of uh, Dijak's knee and then wrapping around the post, like b- being smart about it, because he's obviously given up a lot of size. I thought the match was good. I don't think you need it to be this thing, but I was I was like I, I liked DiJack getting some shine as a baby face uh going into this thing on on Saturday when as we've as we've discussed, we have no idea who his other partner is going to be.
0: After the match, of course, uh well first off I want to ask Alex, favorite spots of this match?
2: Uh I liked the ending. I thought that was good. Um the, 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 the they hit him with the with the with the briefcase, knock him off to the thing. Um the his uh the Oshigoroshi, I believe that was off the off the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh and then uh him just just flinging uh coal into the into the match, into the uh into the ladder. That was that was good too.
0: After the match, of course, we get another brawl. <laughs> we got like seven hundred of them.
2: Because it's Survivor Series week and they, they have three go-home shows for Survivor Series, which means we got one on Monday, we're getting one tonight, and we're definitely getting one on Friday, too.
0: I hope we get one for main event led by Sarah Logan and Dana Brooke. And we we don't get to watch it for, like, three weeks because it won't be on the network. Yeah. Um, so that goddamn powerbomb by Keith Lee oh. on Drew McIntyre. After the
2: damnedest... Uh, uh, Claymore kick. Yeah. I was like, he he turned Dijak inside out. And the thing I, I the, not lost on the Full sale crowd is Drew left without saying goodbye. He got hurt as the champion, lost the match to Andrade, never showed up again in Full sale. The next time we saw him, he was with Dolph Ziggler on Raw, so he never got a chance to come back and 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 be an, on Full sale again. So when they saw him, it was like, hey, we loved you. Thanks for coming. Bye. Like, it was this really cool reunion time. But also, Keith Lee getting in the ring and staring down McIntyre and just hitting that spirit bomb. i like, that Ugh. was nuts. Oh, God, it's so good. I I I, I don't know if Keith Lee's going to be on the Survivor Series team on Sunday. Who knows? But I hope he is so we can get a, a replay of that.
0: So one of my favorite things about pro wrestling is psychology. And back in the day, you would always hear somebody go – oh, big men should work like big men. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, because if it's the Undertaker telling Diesel to not leapfrog somebody, that makes sense. Because why would Diesel avoid someone? Right. Let him run into you and bounce off of you. But what Keith Lee and Ivar did, just just think, Mantar and Bastion Booger doing this. <laughs> think about that. Think about Man Mountain Rock yep. doing this dive. <laughs> or one of the Blue Twins, or even both of them. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, Diesel did do a couple of these back in the day. Maybe not flips, but he yeah. did a couple like crazy dives yeah. back in the day. Uh, that was just unbelievable. Seth Rollins got a cool reaction. I loved this dynamic, and it further cements to me, Warren – if Seth Rollins went full like you all should appreciate, like the thing is, I think he should go heel, but I don't think he should go all you people. I just think he should be like you all should be cheering me. Like he should want the fans to cheer him, but not get it because yeah. this was good. The Seth's not cool chance.
3: Yeah, that that was that was really good. It, 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 it kind of breaks my heart because I feel like they're giving. Like Seth Rollins currently has a baby face is 2018 Roman Reigns. Like clearly the smart thing to do would be to have him turn and they're just not going to pull the trigger on it. And I've been having this kind of thought. If they were to give Seth Bailey's gimmick when she turned, (laughs) you know, where she was like, I'm the good guy, but keep it, you know, like keep and him really leaning into it. It would be fantastic. Like, it would really, really be good. Why aren't you guys – why are you guys coming after me on Twitter kind of thing? You know, it's like he'd be so good. He could lean into all the garbage, and I think you know, just showing off some self-awareness would do
0: him a lot of good. Alex, this ended with uh, Seth Rollins going kind of uh, face-to-face with Tommaso Ciampa. We go off the air. That's NXT.
2: Yeah. Uh, Pretty good thing show. about – so, yeah, it was a very good show. The thing I liked about about Shampa coming down the most is that on his way to getting in the ring and brawling with South Rollins, he took some time to kick Adam Cole's ass. Yeah. Because he still hates Adam Cole. Because that's what these things... like. I, honestly, I was so fearful this whole build to, to Survivor Series and, and War Games back-to-back that it wasn't going to make any sense. Sometimes it didn't. But for the most part, NXT handled this perfectly. Like, I hate the guys I'm facing on, on, uh, on Saturday. Yes. But I also hate you on for Sunday. Like not, not like I hate this guy, but damn it. We're on the same side. As long as we're going to go like that. They never did that. And I'm, I'm very hap- happy that they didn't
3: do that.
0: The unfortunate aspect of this is we don't necessarily know who will be on all these teams. Yeah. At any given time. Like right. the only, we don't know the only... any of the NXT names, so we don't know if Tommaso Ciampa should hate Seth Rollins for Sunday.
2: Right. Well, I guess <laughs> I mean here's the thing about Tommaso Ciampa. He's the guy. He says, "Daddy's home." Like he's christened himself as the the current sure. father of of this of this. He's the current sitcom dad on Wednesday nights, and he says, "No, nobody's coming into my house." And I and I think that that along that's that's his is yeah. uh, you know th- I, that makes sense for him. But I, I agree with you. The thing, the thing we don't we we know is not happening. Unless they're pulling double duty, nobody who's in undisputed era is going to be on Team
3: mm-hmm.
2: NXT. So, so it's going to be yeah people outside of that and and whoever I guess wins this triple threat and and challenges Adam
0: Cole. And Triple H uh, was asked about Johnny Gargano, said he was day-to-day, said nothing structural. You could speculate that that means he got a concussion, but I can't yeah. say that. But the guy has not been wrestling since New York. Like, rarely wrestles. Uh Guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Alex does two completely negative reviews there a week, Raw and SmackDown. Every week I do the Backstage Report podcast. You look like you're about to say something, Alex.
2: I was going to say I mean, they're completely negative when the show is completely negative, which is like 85% of the time.
0: No, hey, that's I'm running with the marketing, okay? Yeah, if, if you true. want NXT, <laughs> uh, NXT UK 205 Live, or not NXT, we review that here, but UK 205 Live, NWA, uh, a lot of non-main roster reviews. Steven Jensen does that on the Weekender podcast, but I got news up there right now on, on uh, a Joey Mercury situation, which, I don't know, might get me in some trouble apparently. Uh, we've also got news on Randy Orton and Tony Khan's little backstage beef. Also, uh, Randy Orton, apparently, according to people I talked to, had apologized to several people, uh, uh, way back in LA last month. I got some news up there on that. Lots of cool stuff over there. That's the most direct way to support us. And if you subscribe right now, you still have time to get questions in for my Q and A this week, make sure you guys give it a subscribe. We have AEW Dynamite, not nearly as momentous a show as NXT. But Warren, what did you think of the show? Um,
3: I thought it was—it's good. I mean,
0: it, yeah. it's a—it
3: was a good show. I think there, you know, there's again situations that we need to that we need to dive into, and uh, there's some patterns that I'm starting to see emerge within AEW that I I kind of hope that they're going to uh, that they're going to snap. Uh, not move, not moving forward. Uh, but, I mean, this was a good show. AEW is consistently a good show. It's much better than what SmackDown's been doing uh, since moving to Fox. So, you know, there's it's criticism that comes from the heart.
0: That's true. I, I loved kicking this show off with Phoenix and oh. Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson will compete for the AEW World Championship at some point. He's unbelievable. Phoenix... Uh, uh, Phoenix is two so, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is that you have two fantastic guys. Phoenix, you can tell, you can tell Phoenix is is more used to having a singles presence than Nick does. Uh, despite the fact that Nick really leaned into it at some point, where he, you felt where he was like trying to tag out to Matt, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's I love right. that." You know? <laughs> I thought that was that was good. But um, Nick is my favorite young buck. Uh, and, um, I don't know if they're ever going to, to split, but Nick is, Nick definitely has a career, uh, as a singles guy. I think he needs, I think the more his hairline recedes, the better he becomes.
0: He's like a reverse Samson is what he is. This match was so good. Uh, Phoenix hit a springboard head kick, nailed Jackson with a muscle buster for the three count. Just outstanding and a couple of guys that they're going to be able to turn from tag team wrestlers into singles wrestlers and do it effectively. I, if, if AEW takes one thing from WCW and they're taking a lot from WCW, it's that, or NWA rather, it's that, hey, our tag team wrestlers can compete for the titles, even if they don't win them. Sure. They can compete and challenge. And I dig that. Also what I dug. It was Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. I, there are a lot of people who seem to want Britt Baker to be bad, but I I just don't see it.
3: Why would you want
0: that, first and foremost? The, Why I would, mean, what? you, no, I you mean, know it, how people are. There are some people I who know. want things to be bad. And let's be honest, she's going to face criticism no matter what because she was their first signing. She You're, was their first sure. women signing, yeah. And
3: I and I think with a little bit now that you know now that they've kicked off now that they've kicked off a, a, a dynamite, uh, I think she she uh, leaned in. I think there was a lot of momentum her way after all uh, all in. I'm trying to get my 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 bearings right. All in you where know, with, with the uh, with the women's match that they had there, yeah. she was a standout there, and I think that momentum carried her into this position here. Uh, and I would argue that as great. Uh, as great a look that she has and as uh, uh, good uh, a talent that she is, I don't think she's ready to be put in the position they sure. want her yeah. to be in. And we've talked about it on this show regularly. But you see, what I liked here, and this is something that we've talked about even in other circumstances, talking about Lacey Evans. Britt will benefit by being put in matches with women like sheida not women like Leva Bates, women like Sheeta, who has been wrestling for over ten years, who's has who's ha- has excuse me, hundreds and upon hundreds of matches under her belt, and can hell and ha- and wrestles a different style. So if she's put in there with someone who who is a little more on the Joshi side, uh, knows her submissions, can strike like no great, one can, great near falls too, great yeah. near falls. So this is the kind of stuff that Brit will benefit from. And unfortunately, and this is an argument that we pull out every week, but it's also true. Unfortunately, Brit does not have access to a performance center where on her off time, she can just pop in and work the style that the company wants her to work in. Not not only that, she
0: doesn't have the benefit of off time. No. Because it's rumored that she is a dentist. What? What? Rumors. Yeah.
3: This is the first I've heard about, uh, about this. This is really strange. Like, I I know there's
0: librarians in AEW. Allegedly. But I, yeah. Huh, huh. But uh, the main criticism I have for the match, which I I liked, it seemed like on suplex spots, they had particular trouble hooking the head. Like, they yep. would fish for it and couldn't find it, and you could tell that one gave to the other. I like this. I think Britt Baker's coming along really well. Hikaru Shida is good. I loved Sheeta's post-match interview with Alex Marvez on Twitter. Uh, also, somebody had pointed out she speaks English with a little bit of a British accent because it's rumored that she learned a little bit of English watching Harry Potter. And as much as I hate Harry Potter, that is the dopest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is awesome. And And could you just imagine this, by the way? because Kevin Owens learned a lot of English listening to Jim Ross. If Kevin Owens talked like Jim Ross, <laughs> we can
3: dream. We can dream. But this I agree this was a great match and the right woman went over
0: in this circumstance here. One of my favorite things about AEW Warren and Alex I don't know if you got to see this. The Dark Order video.
2: Uh my my uh, stream froze as the fat guy was getting on the subway. So when I refreshed it, it was in the next thing. I was like, I can't go back
0: now. So we'll we'll ask Warren then. This, I think this should have run before the Dark Order ever debuted. Well, look, I am going to give
3: them, them being AEW, all the uh, the praise in the world to not give up on the Dark Order and immediately move into a, a repackaging of sorts. This is brilliant. Uh and I think it's going to work this this uh, uh this uh MLM Keith Rainier kind of uh, uh twist here that they're going to give to it. I think it's going to work perfectly. Because the Dark Order when they were on in the indies wrestling as Super Smash Bros always managed to include levity and a bit of comedy in everything they did. They weren't a comedy act. They're not it's not a they're not they're not Orange Cassidy's, but they always managed to add in some levity to the matches that they were doing when as the dark order and everything that we've seen so far. I thought that they were I always felt they were just too serious. This was not we didn't see the real reasons that we could get behind uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. They're much more entertaining than that. And I feel this is something that they can lean into. I thought, as corny as the the uh, the beginning of the video was, and I was sort of sitting there cringing for a bit. Once that the the subway commercial hit, I was enthralled. I thought it was great. Production was perfect.
0: I'm I'm excited to see where they're going with this. Had we seen a bunch of these, then they did the lights out, lights on gimmick. Sure, ran one of these, and then they appear and took somebody then I, I think the Dark Order would have had a, a much different uh reception from the jump. Now, I get it. They wanted to get these guys in and have them work, but, man, you, you got a built-in story with them. Instead, it, it kind of went in reverse because they debuted. A lot of people didn't know who the hell they were. They yeah. tried to recruit Marco Stunt, and then they show the video of them, like the video recruitment video. Had that done... Been done almost, I don't know, in in a different order. I think it would have been a lot better. But I love this. Uh, Hey, at least they didn't give up. Yep. I almost gave up on this Battle Royal early on, but then there was stuff I liked about it. Uh, I'll tell you what I didn't like. AEW cannot do good Battle Royals, apparently. No, they can't. They certainly can't film good Battle Royals because their production was a mess. Uh, Billy Gunn. Dare I say it was a mistake to put him in there because he towered over everybody. And did Billy Gunn need this much shine, Morin? This that's whole what th- fucking match was about Billy Gunn.
3: I was, I mean, we keep talking about the theme of 2019 is how wild wrestling is this year. Billy Gunn getting the Brock
0: Lesnar treatment. And and, <laughs> and the, the fame master that MJF took was awesome. I loved it. but that, That's not the point. He didn't, the point. <laughs> he didn't need that much shine. Like I love the sunny kiss spot. I loved uh, William RBR on Twitter saying that he needs a team with sunny kiss and they can be the ass kissers or the kiss asses. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. That was, I, I would love sunny kiss just teaming with random members of the attitude era, like Billy Gunn and gold dust until he found one that worked. I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, I, I love seeing sunny kiss on, on TV MJF, uh, MJF was one of the best things about this match, and Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. But all the dives out in the battle royal—stupid! I don't like it. Jimmy Havoc getting eliminated by being too violent in a non, no DQ match. Maybe he should have brought a fork and a phone, and Tony Khan would have looked the other way again. Like, what, what do we got going on here? Or, or did somebody come down and whisper in his ear, "You got to get out of here, or we're sending Excalibur down." And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, or, or Andrew Thompson. I don't know if you all have heard that story, but, uh, Jimmy Havoc known for confrontation to say the least. And then he gets kicked out of the battle royal for being him. That's so stupid. Yeah.
3: No, it, it is. And right now I think one of the, one of the, individuals who is having one of the most difficult times getting over to the AEW crowd is Jimmy Havoc because Jimmy Havoc, his whole thing, the reason why he has a cult following, why he's popular is because he's a deathmatch match guy because he bleeds. He hasn't had a scratch since he's been on there. Oh, he's supposed to be, the, be this violent, vile individual.
0: Okay. Ah. Uh, gun eliminated havoc. I need to clarify that gun did eliminate havoc. Which also I think is fucking dumb.
3: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing, the, the whole thing was, uh, wasn't very good. And, uh, but I have a, I officially, as of tonight, I do have a problem with AEW's Battle Royals. They need to tighten up their production. They need to, they need to help the TV crowd understand what's going on what when the eliminations are occurring what and and uh just be on the ball with it they need to produce them better because right now they they're they're just a mess they're just they, they feel they feel like an early 90s battle royal and not in a good way
0: so we get the you know what the mjf spot's gonna be you see it from a mile away he falls outside the ring jungle boy eliminates kip sabian and then mjf shows up and eliminates him I'm cool with MJF and Paige. Alex. What do you think of that booking for next week?
1: I mean,
2: that, that, those seem to be the, your your two of your top guys. You're going to try and create st- as stars on this show. These are new, fairly new guys to a major segment of your audience, um, and you want to keep building them and building them and building them. This is these are the two that I would do. I will say, as, as you said, Warren, it's going to be really hard for Jimmy Havoc to have that niche in a company where John Moxley is one of their top stars, tip top stars. Like he never going to be the hardcore guy in, right? in this company. When you have John Moxley,
3: who's being basically like, I will murder anyone who gets in the ring with me. Like that's, that's not going to happen. And then when you're in a company where you have another guy who is a, I don't want to categorize too generally, but, you know, goth, dark, emo kid, and who is already more popular and more over, what is Jimmy Havoc's
0: niche in AEW? I'm a little worried for the guy. We see Chris Jericho walking around backstage during the (laughs) picture-in-picture commercial, which I hope to God is released on YouTube. He's, like, talking to the librarians and reading, like, pop-up books and stuff, like, I want to see and hear what happened here, because this looked like a goddamn riot. Mm-hmm. Whichever one of you want to talk about this, you're more than welcome. Uh, yeah, no, it,
3: it, it, he was walking around and he points to a, he he's with Hager and he's like he points to a a construction hat, a yellow construction hat, and Hager brings it over and he's like, "What do you want to wear it?" And Jerry goes, "No, I <laughs> Just brushes it off. He's like, "Well, why did you, why did you have me pick it up?" No, it's fantastic. I mean, eh, Chris Jericho, but I mean, this is going to apply to the to the promo in and about itself. Chris Jericho is able to maintain this balance of goofy and and cool slash credibility, depending how you want to see it. He's able to juggle this with such ease. He knows when it's time to ham it up and when it's time to be champ, number one contender, serious guy. Uh, this was this what right now. His promos in AEW are golden yeah. week after week. He is untouchable. I think only there's only Cody's promo that promo right now that stands apart.
2: S- somebody tweeted this out and and I I forget who it was, but um, the the best way to describe what Jericho's doing now. It is the final evolution of WCW Jericho. Yeah. Like, like since, since since he after he went to raw to, to WWE, like he, he shifted a little bit. Like at the very beginning, he was more like WC, but but eventually, like he had all those personas, all those different kind of things. If WCW Jericho had been like trapped in a little like in a petri dish and allowed to like grow to its full form, it would have come out twenty-five years later as this dude. And it's like he's leaning into it. It's just so, so great.
0: Like it, I don't think you can put him on the Mount Rushmore or whatever the hell it is. But the thing is five years ago or six years ago, whenever Jericho started to call himself like the greatest ever, it was one of those things where you kind of roll your eyes. And then he, he's made as much, if not a better case over the last five years since he started to call himself that, because I'm sure he heard that doubt and saw that eye rolling. And he has went on to AEW, to New Japan, WWE, and just had some of the best work in his career at a time when people thought that he should have been gone.
2: I've said this, like, right now, I think you're right. There's no chance he's on Mount Rushmore or whatever. But if AEW succeeds, and in five years, ten years, it's still around and going strong. Chris Jericho will have been a major part of getting yes. it to that point. Mm-hmm. And that might put him over the top. To maybe he's not on Mount Rushmore, but if Mount Rushmore had 5, 6 or 7 heads on it, he'd be a part of that Mount Rushmore. And I mean, by the, the way, they they were they were, they were going to add more heads to Mount Rushmore when they when they were, were chiseling it, and then the guy died,
0: so he stopped. So and there I mean, were
2: supposed to be more than 4.
0: And he's been near the top of the the card for a, a large portion of like this, 16, 17 years now. I I mean, his first title win was that one in 2000 against Triple H that got reversed. So he's been competing at that level for a very long time. 20 years ago was him debuting against The Rock. So he apologizes via Jake Hager, and then SCU comes out and they basically bait Chris Jericho into facing him and for the title. Uh, also, I gotta see Christopher Daniels and Chris Jericho. They have never had a match together. They've mm-hmm. never been in a battle royal together. They've never been in an eight man together. And both of these guys have been wrestling since the nineties, but they've missed each other everywhere, everywhere. So I want to see that. But Scorpio Sky is, is it a little early? I think for, for the push. Yeah, he, he ain't going to win that title, but damn, Warren. It's good to see Scorpio Sky getting this opportunity. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. makes
3: makes perfect sense, of course, coming off of next week. But it just echoes what we've been feeling uh, that Sky is a star in the making. You put him up there on on this type of stage against Jericho, that will credibilize him It will make him stronger. Looking moving forward, you know, we, we were talking at the start of the at the start of the evening talking about Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson having potentially great singles careers. Well, Scorpio Sky is definitely one of them, and I will say that probably the biggest heel move of the night came right then and there in that promo when Jericho spoiled the ending of the first episode of The Mandalorian. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh there's a big brawl that breaks out. Jericho, uh he promises to make Jericho his bitch. Uh, Scorpio Sky does Big brawl breaks out, the rest of the inner circle attack. You get Marco and you get, I think, Jungle Boy out there. I love, or, or that was a little bit later, I think, but um Luchasaurus came out and got the face off with Jake Hager, and that was the important part. Marco's stunt getting clotheslined and immediately taken out was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. But Luchasaurus face-to-face with Hager, I like that these are their big dudes, and they're like 6'3", six, 6'4". Even though there are guys out there that are way bigger, that can do crazy stuff, I kind of dig this. And I also dug Luchasaurus just destroying Peter Avalon after this. I, Peter Avalon
3: had the best, corniest line of the evening when he said, I'm about to turn you into motor oil, you
0: fossil! That was great. Yeah, that's
2: good. My my, my favorite thing about all of this was Scorpio Sky doing the old duck season, wabbit season with Jericho, yeah. it's like, I, I, honestly, I don't think I'm worthy of a title shot. Well, guess what? You got a title shot! That's like, so. I think about Jericho is that he is so stupid. Like, the character is just an idiot. I think that works so well for him. It was a really, really great back and forth. Loved
0: just enough on. comedy. Now, we'll see another brawl where everybody runs out afterwards. If I were AEW, I would not have leaned on this tonight with all not of them. On,
2: you've... Not on this night.
0: I wouldn't have. I definitely wouldn't have any time over the last couple of weeks, and maybe yep. the few weeks that followed. I would have done something completely different because WWE has been doing that to death lately. Joseph Farley says extra five for the Keith Renair reference. I got a huge pyramid or got huge pyramid scheme vibes. Ultimate heel persona. I agree. I, I love that. It was it was very good. Proud and powerful lose to private party after the match. Tammy Guevara attacks Nick Jackson, but Dustin Rhodes returns to attack inner circle members. But uh Warren, your thoughts on this private party picking up a giant win and it, we're starting to see almost everybody kind of 50-50ing. How do you feel about that?
3: Well, that's what I was about to say. <clears throat> um you uh I'm I'm thinking I think it's a little straight. Okay. My two thoughts on this is, on one hand, I feel we're going to the 50-50 route. Everybody's winning matches. I feel like Santana and Ortiz should have picked it, picked up the win here uh, because they are being established as a very, very strong tag team. Jim Ross kept saying over and over again, well, they're the number two tag team in the division, number two tag team in the division. But then that's also part of Private Party's story, right? They upset the Young Bucks. They come in, they upset the number two team. So it also makes sense. I'm, I'm. I like. I don't know how to really feel about it, but I, I can't say that the match was all right, but nothing more than that. Aside from the, you know, there was this really weird moment. Uh, there was this really weird weird moment where, um, where, uh, where there's a code red, and, uh, and they're pinning, uh, they're they're, they're pinning Ortiz. But then the referee counts, and he stops, and we don't see quite exactly what happened. Apparently, Santana was on the outside and pulled on the leg, but it wasn't very clear because the camera work wasn't there or did it even happen. It was very the audience was very confused as well. Production wasn't there, Sean. this was another moment here. there was another moment in the Darby Allen match where they were where he was crunching uh um uh John moxley's fingers in the uh in the turnbuckle link, yeah. And the camera work was all over the place. We weren't seeing what was going on. I really felt tonight production overall for AEW, if there was one main gripe I have of the show, it was their production efforts. I thought it was a step back as as I felt that everything was going forward and improving. I really felt it was scattered and all over the place.
0: I, I did too. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That seems to be, I don't want to say a downfall, but like I said, I haven't seen a Battle Royal they've done yet where the production has even been passable, let alone good.
3: Well, we'll we'll remember, I think it was at Double or Nothing, when uh, Joey Janela had a a cigarette stapled to his forehead, and there was no camera work that picked it up. It was like Excalibur who was calling it. Yeah. But we didn't see it. We never saw it happening. And, like, you know, as stupid as the dives were during the Battle Royale, there were still a bunch of dives, and we weren't seeing a thing.
0: We see Kenny Omega training for his return with very light weights. And he's training <laughs> with Nakazaba, which I think is very funny. Uh he He says that Omega says things or Omega said that things started to go wrong when he lost to pack it all out, and he's gonna get a chance at revenge and to restart everything next week. I thought this is pretty good, and I mean it was a little goofy, a little quirky, but that's Kenny Omega. That's always been Kenny Omega. The over-the-top facial expressions, the Wrestling little kids, wrestling blow-up dolls, DDT, for the love of God. Like, that's Kenny Omega, Warren.
3: Yeah, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, and he sits down and, you know, he, he has this way of, of, of speaking that's very, that is quirky in and about itself. You know, he says it himself. I'm not a big uh, promo guy, but uh, here I am talking to you. And, and you, you know, it, it it's it's counter- to what we're used to seeing as, as a wrestling promo. And I like, it's part of his brand.
0: He's quirky. He's, he's, uh, he's a nerd. It works. It's fine with him. Main event time. John Moxley defeated Darby Allen. I got to say, uh, I, I had my eyes on NXT through most of this, but this goddamn finish was one of the best finishes I've seen in a while. Uh, moxley bit allen and then hit a paradigm shift off the second rope for the win alex i see <laughs> i see you grimacing that yeah, was man. filthy listen here's the here's the
2: thing about darby allen okay he was right about one thing for sure when when i saw that little video package of him like skateboarding down the street dragging a moxley uh body bag with like, with like piano, slow piano music in the background. And then he gets on stage and the rock singer zips him up in this body bag and he crowd serves in black and white. And then pallbearers bring him out to the stage in the body bag. He gets out of it. He skateboards down the ring. He's right about this. Vince definitely would have had him jacking off in a boiler.
0: <laughs> he wouldn't have had
2: any idea what to do with this guy. I love but Kyler's
0: comment is <laughs> Kyler said, yeah, they would have named him Jackie Seaman. <laughs>
2: But just the thing about this this kid who's like I don't care if I die that's why I have my half like but, but like that if if Mox said hey um why don't I like uh, paradigm shift you off the top of a ladder onto some concrete you be like yes do it please I
0: want so it So that it's funny you mentioned that And that's that. what
2: scares me about this kid is like I don't know if he's going to be like yeah it will be awesome do it
0: kill me That's the I, thing <laughs> I I interviewed Ethan Page a while back and Ethan Page like does really simple moves but he'll like do them from the top rope like a body slam from the top rope and you don't think of that as being like a wild bump, but who takes a body slam off the top rope? It's not a mm-hmm. natural thing. you've got to spin your body and I was like, "Well, did you have any trouble like doing that for the first time to anybody?" And he told me, "Well, I think the first time I did it was to Darby Allenson. No, not really. <laughs> 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 it was like, okay, well that that makes sense. uh Warren, what'd you think of this? Moxley obviously gonna win here uh but I think that Darby losing. Kind of helps, and by the way, putting up an awesome fight doing so helps further what they're doing with Darby Allen as well. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I like the match.
3: I, I I I like the match. I especially favorite low key spot when Darby Allen does his does a flying cross body off the turnbuckle onto Moxley, and Moxley just stays completely immobile, and and. Alan just bounces off his chest. I thought that was fantastic. Moxley didn't move an inch. I thought it was a great, great visual. And of course, the ending is crazy. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm a little conflicted because because I, I I understand and I'm behind the story of John Moxley. You know, being at the top of the food chain—that's his thing right now. That's what he wants to see. That's what he wants to do. I'm at the top. I'm taking on anyone. Come and get me. I really did think that they were going to use this opportunity to really put Darby Allen over and help hoist him into this circle of top guys that they, that they have here. I don't think a loss to – I don't think Moxley losing would have been that big a deal. And it would have helped, I think it would have helped Darby Allen tenfold. Because I like the match, but it didn't feel like one of these matches where you where a wrestler really comes across as strong or stronger in defeat. I don't think so. I think he looked good. I think it was a good match. I don't think it'll hurt him, Darby Allen, but I think it would have helped him to get the win. And then you would have probably set up John Moxley being really, really pissed off. being like, hey, yeah, I have a win that didn't count. And I'm being, I i lost to this kid. I'm coming back after you. And then we escalate. Then we start escalating the violence and get us to that point where we get Moxley versus Allen two or three. And where they're just going completely, completely crazy on each other. I felt it would have been maybe more profitable for Darby.
2: There's a historical precedent too. Like you could easily have done it like they did with mm-hmm. Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid Yeah. where, where Ramon was like, what the hell just happened? And then he got super pissed, and by the end of their arc, they were friends until one, two, three turned uh, kid turned on him. Like you could have done something like that, where like like all of a sudden, you know, Moxley misunderstood underestimated him or whatever, and then you could move on from there I, if I you could, wanted to
0: do it. It's worked before. I could see Moxley embracing Darby Allen too. Like yeah, in, in sure.
2: Teaching him how to how to do it. Yeah.
0: One word, Warren. Who won tonight? NXT or AEW? NXT. NXT. I agree, Alex. NXT. Now I'll ask you all this: Who wins in the viewership tomorrow, AEW or NXT? Warren.
3: Oh my God, I don't care. Um, <laughs> AEW,
0: AEW, probably. Alex, I think this will I be mean, the first week NXT wins.
2: I think NXT. I think AEW wins again, but it's close, like yeah. within a hundred thousand.
0: Yeah. Well, it's time for us to make NXT takeover war games predictions. Right out of the gate, we have Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, Killian Dane. The winner faces Adam Cole on Sunday at Survivor Series. Alex, who you got here?
2: I think it's got to be Priest. I think I think that 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 Dunne and and Dane, <laughs> Don and Dane cancel each other out, and, and Priest gets the victory because they're 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 very much themselves.
0: Also, I think Priest translates to a main roster crowd better than anybody yes. in those options. And Adam Cole can play off of that while still being a heel very effectively. Uh, Warren, your thoughts? Pete Dunn. Fair, fair. I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of familiarity on that main roster too, because I mean, yeah, he was UK champion for seven goddamn years. And I think, you know,
3: he's well liked. Triple H likes him. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. A, he's really well liked. Put him
0: on, put him on the main card. Give him a, a main pay-per-view pay per view pay, payday. Sure. Let's do it. Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor's winning this. It's his debut match. Uh, is it his first match in NXT? Yes. Yeah. And I think he'll probably cheat to win. Yes. Well, Warren, your thoughts? I think uh, I
3: I believe that regardless of who wins, the fans are the ultimate winners. This is going to be great. Can't wait for it. But I do agree Finn Balor. Finn has to win this one.
2: Yeah, Finn's got to win so that he can have a win under his belt when Johnny Gargano comes back and they start the feud they wanted to have.
0: Yeah, uh, Riddle was very much a replacement. Men's War Games, Undisputed Era against Team Champa. Because of the question mark, it leads me to believe that Team Champa will win. But if I'm WWE, God, I would never, ever have or have had the collective unit of Undisputed Era lose Ever the four of them together, I would not have them lose ever until there was an equally formidable faction that they came came up against. Alex, how do you think this one goes?
2: I I, I agree with you uh, because of the the nature that they're keeping the fourth member a secret, and Triple H keeps saying it's going to be big. It's going everyone's going to blow everybody's mind.
0: He called it epic.
2: Yeah, so. I, I I feel like he's not the type to overpromise and underdeliver. I mean, I I just feel like he he knows what people. If he if he, if he trots out somebody who's a dud, everyone's gonna be like, oh, you waited for that. So I feel like there's it's got to be something big. And if it's something big, then it translates to a victory for that team.
0: Well, I almost ran with the headline today. Triple H says epic member to be revealed on Saturday. And I mean, come on—that's my kind of headline, right? It I was going to say,
3: is. who who edited you,
0: Sean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, I mean, I was assigning the article. Oh, to, be, to be fair, okay, okay. I'm largely off the news beat. Who do you have in this match, Warren? Um, if it were, if, if there wasn't the mystery,
3: the mystery Remember. member, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would definitely go with Undisputed Era. We we talked about this. Uh, last year at the last war games. War games should have been Undisputed Era's thing. They won the first one, lost the second. Uh, I think they should they should win because they are the faction. They are dominant. They have all the titles for
0: Pete's sake. So. I like uh, these types of matches being somebody's. Like, for a while, Survivor Series was Orton's. Like, yeah. he was always winning. I always liked that. Women's war game, Team Baszler against Team Ripley Ah, uh, God. Ripley, I think, has by far the most upside on that team. And Tegan Knox possibly as well. And then I look at Team Baszler, and outside of maybe one person, there's a lot of like unlimited potential over there. Alex, uh, I- I'm going Team Ripley, uh, but I, th- I don't know. I think I'm going Team Baszler because they're more ruthless, and this type yeah. of match necessitates it. Like I could see them doing something to Tegan Knox's knee, where they're about to just end this, and Mm -hmm. and them ending up winning. How how do you see it?
2: Yeah, um, uh, there's a lot. I'm of two minds about it because I also think Duke and Shafir aren't going to be in the match, but you know they're going to be ringside, like passing pliers through the through the chain link or whatever they're going to do out there. Um, uh, Also, uh, yes, you're right. Rhea Ripley does have the biggest upside. But their, their, their marquee women's match on Sunday, Baszler is involved in. She's one third of that match. So, either if Baszler's team loses, I think it'll be because of interference by either Becky or Bailey or both. And um, I think if Baylor, Baszler's team wins, it's because they want Baszler to look really strong and legitimate going into that match versus Becky and Bailey.
0: Sure.
3: Warren. Uh, I think the Babyface team has a bigger reason to win. They need to establish a whole bunch of strong women to oppose Shayna Baszler. And I think you can even tell a story afterward that Shayna Baszler blames her team for losing. Sure. And then can go and goes after everyone. She's on a tear.
0: I see much more upside with the Babyface is winning. Sunday's WWE Survivor Series. We are going to quickly make our way through the Survivor Series picks. Men's Survivor Series match, Team Raw, Rollins, Ricochet, Owens, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Ali, Shorty G, King Corbin against Team NXT, who we do not know of now. I think King Corbin and Reigns will kind of undo one another and lead to a match that nobody wants to see. Mm -hmm. I think Team Raw ends up winning this. Alex, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's it's raw. They're not going to understand what they're doing. They they'll they'll lean into Seth being the conquering hero. Yep. because they have no clue of the vibe that's going on. So uh, <laughs> they're going to make Seth into like this conquering hero babyface. He'll probably be the sole survivor, and the, his his teammates will go out really quick. It'll be him versus uh, all the guys on both teams, and he'll come out in the yeah. end because he's Seth Rollins. Damn it,
0: Warren. I concur for the exact same reasons. Women's Survivor Series match, NXT team that we do not know about. Dana Brooke, Carmella, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, and Sasha Banks on Team SmackDown. And then the Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan team of Raw. I could see the team, NXT team, winning this after War Games, playing the underdog in that situation. Uh, them maybe even having to rely on. Picking Dakota Kai up for their team, mm-hmm. and her getting a little bit of validation in that regard, or them not picking her and her having a reason to be even more pissy that they didn't pick her over some of these beat up women. Uh, but I think NXT wins this. Warren, what do you think? I think I think
3: NXT might be it, like it. It'll, it'll, it will entirely depend who's on the team because I think if they if they add women from the War Games, you have a reason for them to lose because they're going to come out. With uh, with uh, taped up and uh, with slings or whatnot, uh, I honestly I think that the SmackDown women should win this because I think the SmackDown division right now needs a lot of shine, and I yeah you know, I don't quite understand why the tag team champions have been relegated to Raw.
2: Yeah, I mean the SmackDown team, I mean theoretically should win it, but they've got Data Brooke on their team, so I'm not thinking <laughs> that's going to happen. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I think it's NXT, and uh, depending on health after War Games, the team would be anchored by Rhea, Io, and Bianca, and I don't care who, who the other two you put on that team. Those three girls aren't losing this kind of a match. Yeah, just not.
0: You can really
2: make those guys big stars.
0: Adam Cole is not losing the NXT Championship. I think nope. we can all agree on that. Nope. Viking Raiders, New Day, Undisputed Era. I see Undisputed Era pulling off this one and Viking Raiders not factoring into this decision. Alex, your thoughts?
2: Same. Same, right. I think. Yeah, UE wins. Uh,
3: as we go forward here with all these main triple threat title matches, I don't see anyone in NXT losing. So, Undisputed Era, hang on.
0: I think that maybe under maybe uh, NXT could lose this AJ Styles-Nakamura-Strong match. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Roderick Strong gets pinned. I don't really think that anybody from NXT gets pinned. Maybe. Uh, I I just don't see that. I think they'll be largely protected. It would be
2: incredibly smart of them to uh, to have NXT have a really big shine in all of these matches. Because you want people to come over and watch them and take them seriously. However, it's Vince... Looking this exactly, shit, and he doesn't believe NXT is worthy of his other two brands, so I wouldn't put it past him to make them all look like idiots.
0: Well, I think Nakamura wins this. Warren? Uh, I think Strong does. AJ. Hey. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> the Fiend, Bray Wyatt against Daniel Bryan, The Fiend ain't losing this. No way in hell. Brock Lesnar taking on Rey Mysterio. I could... You know what? I think Brock's going to win, but I, you know, I don't put it past them to do a swerve and then another quick title switch shortly after that. Because as they've they've shown us with Brock, that they'll take the title off of him, he'll just win it back pretty quickly. Um, I think they've
3: been talking about Rey Mysterio possibly maybe retiring. Why not give him one last title? Before, uh, I'm completely distracted by the cat right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Becky the Lynch cat. versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. I think Bailey wins this because she's been treated like an afterthought in some regard. And I think that's kind of how they should have left it. And then she should have snuck it out and just been like, you know what? I told you all. Yeah. Alex? Uh...
2: Yeah, I think I think Bailey wins this. I also think the only reason that you do the uh, uh, the no holds barred, no DQ stipulation for Brock is if Kane gets involved and comes in and gets his revenge on on uh, Brock in that match. Not Kane, the mayor. I thought you I thought you, Kane, I thought, I thought you meant.
0: That's what I thought you meant. I thought you meant the <laughs> the mayor as well. So uh, Warren main or not main event, but the women's match, which might be it, the main event. Who knows.
3: It it makes complete sense for Bailey to win because and I I really think she is the one who would benefit the most. But if they are going to go down the i the 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 path of promoting NXT so that more eyeballs will get onto
0: it, you have to have Shayna win. You just have to. Guys, make sure you leave a thumbs up comment in the comment section below. That stuff helps us. Tell us your favorite match moment from this Wednesday night war. And join us this weekend. NXT TakeOver. You'll have Warren and Alex. I'll be on the NXT media call after the show. Also, Saturday. Or Sunday, rather. Survivor Series. But hey, Friday, me and Warren are here talking SmackDown as well. I know a lot of you just don't give a shit about SmackDown. Or you think you have better stuff to do on a Friday. You don't! You don't, in fact. Uh, Cancel your dinner plans. If you got a funeral, don't show up! I don't know why he'd be at that late anyway. That's disrespectful. Disrespectful to the dead, honestly. Till next time.
1: We're out.